This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, it's Wednesday the 14th of February. I'm Jacob Jarvis. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review where we get touchy over the headlines, titillate the tabloids and tease the nation's subs. Sub-editors, that is. We're out five days a week, so subscribe on your favourite podcast app and you'll never miss an episode. And yes, it's once again time for us to ask you to join the Paper Cuts Supporters Club. It's Valentine's Day after all, and you do love us, don't you? If you can spare just £3 a month, then you'll get extra stories and ad-free episodes, plus we'll have our first ever live Zoom once we get to 250 followers. If we get to 500, then we're apparently going to do something even more special, intimate and enticing for our backers. Go to the show notes and click on the link that says back.papercutshow.com to sign up. So here are the headlines for today's show. Wearenotamused.com. Harry and Meghan's website rebrand causes drama. Love don't cost a thing. JLo's $20 million love story. And finally, crazy in love, the papers delve into the madness of romance. Welcome to Papercuts, where we read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, the show that makes the news a little more romantic whenever we get the chance. I'm Jacob Jarvis, and here to snuggle into a big pile of papers with me is Vice US and UK Editor-in-Chief, Zing Singh. Hello, Zing. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Also with us, we have the world's most romantic comedian and podcaster, (laughs) Gronje Maguire. Hi, (laughs) Gronje. You had me at hello. (laughs) (laughs) So what have we got on the headlines front today, Zing? What have you got? So the Times have led on a story about Labour being in crisis after a second suspension about an anti-Semitism row. So Keir Starmer was forced to suspend a second parliamentary candidate in two days after evidence of anti-Semitic remarks emerged from a Labour event. So the Daily Telegraph has also led on the Labour story. And it's also classic Telegraph led in a story about a Megan podcast firm, which will, quote unquote, make life suck less, which is <laughs> what we all need, really. And then the Labour story also makes an appearance on The Guardian's front page. Labour in turmoil as party dishes second candidate over Israel views. But it also has a lovely photo of the radio DJ Steve Wright, who sadly passed away recently at the age of 69 with a BBC career lasting more than four decades. And Gronia, what have you got? Sun are also leading with the the sad passing of Steve Wright. Their headline is Radio Wonder and a picture of of Steve in his natural habitat, the BBC Studios. The Daily Star also leading with that. BBC DJ legend Steve Wright dead at 69 and a really nice picture of uh, the beloved broadcaster. Then the Daily Mail uh, sort of shaking it up a little bit. They also have a lovely picture of Steve Wright but then they've got not one but two Stories about Harry and Meghan. Can you believe it? So their main splash is row over Harry's royal, inverted commas, website rebrand. And then they've got a picture of Meghan and Harry. And I think Meghan is just looking too happy in that picture. And I think that's why they're using it. And they have Sarah Vine stripping Harry and Meghan of their titles is the only way to stop their 
Nonsense. The headline might as well be, we hope Harry and Meghan have a shit Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Happy (laughs) Valentine's. It's pretty much what they're going for. First up, we're going to go with the the big story, which, as was mentioned by Gronya in the headlines, that basically the papers are really, really fuming at Harry and Meghan. Yet again, this time it's over the name of their website. So, Zing, what is what is actually going on here? Oh my gosh! I mean, talk about a storm in a teacup. Basically, Harry and Meghan have changed the name of their website from Archwell to Sussex.com, which, you know, to me sounds a bit like, you know, Village Parish Hall renaming their website, you know. But this is apparently a really big deal because, and this has been reported in the papers before, before the Queen died, she made Harry and Meghan promise that they wouldn't use their royal titles for any kind of financial or commercial gain. And this rebranding of the website to Sussex.com is apparently a full-on rejection of the promises they made to dear old uh, Liz and, you know, everyone should be up in arms about it and wheeling out the guillotine. And if you look at what the papers are saying, I mean, you know, we heard the Daily Mail kind of comment headline about this. You would think that they've done, you know, they've conjured up some kind of magic spell to wish that the king was dead. But instead, all they've done is change the name of a website. It doesn't seem like quite a big deal. But, you know, I'm sure the royal family has, this is the most important thing on their agenda right now, nothing to do with the king. Is there anything particularly on the website that's very interesting whatsoever? Or as you say, it's just kind of those two selling themselves a little bit as they as they probably will. I actually went and visited Sussex.com before this and it is genuinely just an about us page and a news page. Like that is literally it. You know, you can read their bios, you can find out what they've been up to and then that's it. Yeah. There's nothing to get fuming mad about but you know if you believe the papers this is something worthy of multiple front pages is that kind of the just the point of it really that they they want to sustain some royal drama which they're they're struggling to do i know the metro was was really saying it was a a click in the teeth for charles (laughs) is what they said and it just seems really strange that they're making this a drama for charles when he he literally has cancer at the moment i mean he's he's got problems yeah he's got bigger fish to fry I think that the royals have been a kind of ongoing obsession for a lot of the papers. And, you know, if it's not about Harry and Meghan, it's going to be about news that the British public is increasingly becoming disenchanted and falling out of love with the royals, which is obviously a much harder sell on a front page than guess what Harry and Meghan have done again, some inconsequential drama that you can feel incredibly angry about. Like That's always going to be the easier sell. Gronia, there's another story as well about Harry and Meghan, isn't there, on the on the front of the Telegraph. So they, what's their slightly different line they've gone for there? Yeah, so I think this sort of come... I think what I find fascinating about this story in general is really you should not have a king or a queen having an opinion on website titles. Like, that is like... It sort of highlights how archaic and ridiculous it is. I think you could vend that sentence as you should not have a king or queen. <laughs> quite it easily. like the king was annoyed that the, the ball wasn't a success or the queen's carriage... It's not like the queen's got an opinion on podcasts. Yeah. So that is ridiculous. And first of all, the, according to the Daily Mail, they keep remembering more things... Queen Elizabeth said before she died, she's like, oh, one more thing. If Harry and Meghan ever change their website, make sure it doesn't refer to those titles. And by the way, 
My name is my nickname. Like, yeah, she had a list of things to be yeah. posthumously pissed off about. <laughs> yeah. uh, when I'm dead, <laughs> make sure I'm really <laughs> fucked off about this. And another thing, here are my thoughts on gifts. Yeah. And <laughs> that does make her really feel like the the nation's grandma. Though grandmas do like to kind of frame being posthumously petty at some point, so it probably works quite well. So Megan also has she's joined a new podcast company, Lemonade. Media, and there are a female founded company that wants to make life suck less. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> which already, that, how that is very un-British because mm. your brand is very much like lean into the misery so already I can see a lot of Sarah Vine's not going to be happy I just no. find it a really strange brand though because your brand wouldn't be we want to make life suck more <laughs> yeah. really that would be quite uh, it, I mean, to that specifically would be bold. want that it'd be bold <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's going to re-release Archetypes her infamous podcast series mm. that was on Spotify where Infamously, she was accused of not actually doing any of her own interviews, which is a sleigh. Good yeah. for her. <laughs> what, what I find genuinely fascinating is like, say what you like about Megan, whatever opinion you have on her, she's a worker. Like you don't get from, you know, holding suitcases on deal or no deal to being a member of the British monarchy by being a lazy bones. So the fact that she did nothing when she made the podcast, I don't know whether to be impressed or like it's an interesting uh, psychological study. It's a girl boss move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the whole website scandal, Grunier, so a bit of a thought experiment I'm going to ask you to here. Put yourself in the mind okay. of someone who takes this shit seriously. Okay. Yeah. Why are you so angry? Tell me. Okay, so... So I'm annoyed. So my I'm annoyed because they've changed it from Archie Well to Sussex. Yeah, you know, Sussex is a proud area of England. It's <laughs> famous for its commuter belt <laughs> and um, its semi-affordable housing, and for that to be used to sell podcasts and speeches by Harry and Meghan to corporate events. I, if I was from Sussex, I would be raging. I'd be throwing my phone out a window in rage. <laughs> I just feel like all oh, this stuff just demeans the monarchy. You know, like, I mean, the monarchy demeans itself plenty of times already. But, yeah. you know, like caring about website titles and podcasts and the names of things, you know, I'm like, why bother? You know, 150 years ago, you would have been taking a sword out and getting lanced through the front by an Austrian prince. Yeah. It's really kind of beneath the royal family. And I feel like if they want to talk about people don't love the royals like they used to, I mean, maybe you could, I don't know, like be at the front in a war sometime, you know, maybe like ride a horse, like with this and do some fun tricks of a sword and that might give people more respect. Like in the War of the Roses, one one prince, his brother was annoying him and he drowned him in a vat of wine. Perfect. And I think Prince William needs to step up and you either drown (laughs) Harry in a vat of wine or you stop talking. That's the level of drama you expect from the royal family. (laughs) You want our respect, you got to earn it. (laughs)
Now, headlines are the roses between the fawns in the papers. On every edition of Paper Cuts, we choose the very best headlines that we can find. So what have we got today? Gronya, what have you got? Uh, Daily Star, just take the day off. They always deliver. Oh, beautiful work. So they've got the story that Argentina's maverick president, and can I just say maverick, doing a lot of work in that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Argentina's kooky president has given Pope Francis a box of his favourite biscuits, despite calling him an imbecile. <laughs> Headline is Bicky's Argy Bargy. Nice. Oh, Argentina's silly Billy Preston <laughs> that they've got there. <laughs> What's he like? Uh, what, what else have you got there? They have the story of a truck stuck in flood water, leaving the driver needing to be rescued by 999 crews following the days of heavy rain. Headline... Haul over for lorry. Nice, nice-ish. I, I like, I like the picture though. I mean, I really like seeing sort of vehicles in terrible spots. Vehicles in tight spots, yeah, basically. This, yeah, this, this is the one for me. I won't. I, I think the picture is doing a lot of work. Won't I? And then finally, again from the star, the news that apes have a sense of humour, just like humans. Boffins have discovered. Headline is, A.P. Gervais. That, I, I'm going to just say it straight out there. That's shit. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's someone needed to have their second cup of coffee before they wrote that. I'm just like, I'm, what I'm trying to figure out is what accent the person had that that worked as a rhyme. Yeah. Zing, what have you got? You've got The Sun, haven't you? So The Sun have a story about the Daredevil TV presenter Nick Noe saying that TV bosses refused to insure him after a string of brushes with death. And he presents a show called DIY SOS. And the headline is OMG DIY SOS GBH. Okay, I mean, it sounds like a sounds like an old school text from back when you had to worry about how much yeah. it cost you. It's definitely a text sent on BBM. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've also got in the sun the spiraling cost of spirits might be behind a rise in the latest inflation figures today. So economists have said that the consumer prices index will be up four percent in December to four point two percent in January, and a chunk of that is down to the rising price of booze. Uh, and the headline they've gone for is. It's ginflation. Nice, that's pretty that's good. That's good. Solid that's day. Good. Apart from AP Gervais, that was, that was <laughs> bad. But everything else, fair play to the papers. The papers have had a real love-in today to mark Valentine's Day, but they've somehow managed to make it bleak with a few unusual takes. First up, The Telegraph talks about how love is truly a drug. Gronya, what are they talking about here? So what they've done is those bloody boffins, when will they leave well enough alone? They have studied the effects of love on the human body, the human brain, and said it's basically comparable to a brief spell of mental illness. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sexy, fun, mental illness. (laughs) They've said um, if you've got any of these symptoms, either you could be spiralling or have met the person of your dreams. Pain reduction, quickening heart rate, sweaty palms, Mm. butterflies in your tummy and eye dilation. So they're basically saying love makes you whitey. Is essentially the yeah. theory of the Telegraph today. Is it love or is it a brief spell of psychosis? <laughs> yeah. And is everyone talking about you behind your back and your friends are giggling but they're laughing at you at the moment? So what what are they what are they also going on about throughout the story then? It's kind of, you know Well, it's very much oh okay, I hate science. I'll go on the, nothing good has ever come out of science. No. 
give me a good poem any day of the week. And once again, they've scientists in their bloody white coats have taken the joy out of everything, even Valentine's Day. I'm raging. So they said, they've just again, taking the joy of everything. They said a kiss and a hug drives up testosterone. Then you, if you, to stay in touch, you hold hands and you cuddle and that drives up your oxytocin. And then you might also do nice things for your partner. But really, that's just your brain reducing their cortisol and blood pressure and boosting your immune system. Right. So love is selfish all the time. Oh, right. I'm boring. Yeah, yeah, you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. It's, so it's like, I haven't brought you a cup of tea in bed. I'm simply reducing my level of cortisol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've also, though, so it's not only about bringing humans tea in bed, is it? They've got a bit about what to do if you're alone, which essentially says... Hug yourself. To go, <laughs> no, so hug a dog is their thing, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, they've got some dog valentines stuff there too, don't they? They've said, um, if you find yourself alone this Valentine's Day, don't feel bad about it if you don't have romantic love. Take a look around you. Where do you find the love in your life? It could be with your dog. They are so (laughs) beneficial. So again, it's like, must find cortisol update. (laughs) Where is my dog? The thing is, so let's move on now to The Guardian and Zing. I think The Guardian's coverage is very on brand, but it's actually, it is more depressing than The Telegraph. (laughs) The Telegraph is at least based in some sort of science, and although we reject science on this podcast, (laughs) as Grania said, you know, there's facts there. The Guardian's, what is, what's going on? So the G2 supplement for Valentine's Day, it's just done the theme of how to keep the love alive when dot, dot, dot. And then it's sort of, let me just count how many scenarios there are. There's like, there's like 10 scenarios in which love is nigh on impossible to maintain. (laughs) So for instance, how to keep the love alive when you're not attracted to each other anymore. Number two, how to keep the love alive when you have children. How to keep the love alive when one of you has been unfaithful and gets a full page spread. And it basically breaks down all these different scenarios in which love is absolutely dead in a coffin and tells you how to keep the spark alive, which is quite an interesting take on Valentine's Day, I would say. Yeah, it just feels to me like how to force yourself to be in love with someone you're fundamentally fundamentally not in love with, which is not really it's very valentine It's pretty bleak. And I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen the front page of it, but it basically has two hands outstretched towards each other with a kind of pink pastel background with the words reading true romance, which is kind of the opposite of what I think about when I think about a partner cheating on you. (laughs) Was any of it cheery whatsoever? I mean, there were a couple of bits that I thought were were vaguely amusing, but it was mainly just depressing all the way through, wasn't it? I think the reason why it's depressing is because whether you're in a relationship or not, you kind of read it and you think, these are all the ways in which my relationship could go horribly wrong. <laughs> it sounds like a really bleak choose-your-own-adventure. Exactly. It's like, well, if it's not having children, which then kills your sex drive, it's going to be your partner <laughs> cheating on you or both of you retiring and realising you've got nothing in common with each other anymore. Like a hyper-realistic Goosebumps book, basically. <laughs> yeah. has all of this left you feeling unromantic or is the romance still alive in you as the world's most romantic podcaster? Listen, we need tragedy to experience joy. You need a roller coaster has to have up and downs. We need, you know, this is we need the chords. We need the major and the minor chords to hear the true symphony that is true romance. So bring on the tragedy, bring on the drama. I love it. We're actually going to be selling T-shirts with Gronya's face on that say bring on the tragedy, bring on the drama soon. So keep an eye out for, for that on the website. 
your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went round finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell. And me, Angela Barnes. Wherever you get your podcasts. And now we move on to a specialist subject for Gronya and Zing. It's a story about a celeb power couple. We've got J-Lo and Ben Affleck making the news today. So there is some sort of self-funded mega project from J-Lo all about telling the greatest love story never told, therefore making it the greatest love story told, it would appear to me. But So yeah, we're going to go slightly off script here. This is a big piece in Variety about this. So moving on to a magazine. There's this huge interview Zing, I'm not going to pretend that I know what is going on here. So, yeah, fill me in. So, basically, a couple of weeks ago, J-Lo released a trailer for something that people could not quite figure out. It's basically a kind of musical project, kind of lemonade Beyonce style, where it's kind of like a film of J-Lo's life, but it's also about someone who's a love addict, but also an all-singing, all-dancing musical featuring J-Lo in a factory (laughs) trying to maintain a gigantic metal heart. And people were like, what the hell is this? And the Variety interview reveals that it's actually one of a three-part musical project. So the first part is an album from J-Lo. Second part is this musical film. And the third part is a documentary about the making of all these kind of components of her new musical endeavor. And it's, it's absolutely mad. She spent $20 million of her own money to make all these things. And obviously, Ben Affleck, plays a very, very large role in it. It sounds like she's really maxing out the value from the content, though. It's like, you know, eating every bit of an animal if you're going to eat animals. She's doing that with the content. She's yeah. really It's like nose to tail to the yeah. <laughs> So what, what are some of your favourite bits from within the interview? So in the documentary, Ben Affleck kind of wanders in on uh, J-Lo and her team looking at all the love letters he's written to J-Lo over the years, which he's kind of titled The Greatest Love Story Never Told. Um, and J-Lo's basically just mining these letters for inspiration inspiration for her musical project. And then he says to the camera, I did really find the beauty and poetry and the irony in the fact that it's the greatest love story never told. If you're making a record about it, that seems kind of like telling it. <laughs> God, are, you, are you excited about oh this project? Oh my God, how lucky are we to be alive right now? Yeah. <laughs> how I just, I love, this is what you want from crazy rich people. I don't want to be like, men are like this and women are like this, but male billionaires send penis rockets to space. J-Lo is spending her millions to give the world like the most high-produced Facebook highlights reel. (laughs) And she's giving it to us all. And I'm just so happy. It's so crazy. It's so fantastic. I love how Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck have, I mean... They've made more fuss about getting back together than the country of Germany. Like, that was more <laughs> relaxed. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like a really high, it's a high budget version of, you know, that p- one person you've got on Facebook who posts, like, the boy done good when yeah, he makes dinner once. This one. <laughs> yeah, this one. Yeah, it's really high profile, this one. What were some of your favourite bits okay. from within it then? My absolute favourite bits, and it's just the unexpected cameos. 
that I read this. It was a, it's an incredible article. Treat yourself. Have a read because you really get a brief insight into what it must be like to be Jennifer Lopez's best friend. Yeah, who we know is Leah Remini, and you know she's got a lot on her plate escaping from Scientology, and she's Jennifer Lopez's best friend. So you know, think, send her love. My favorite part of it is when Jane Fonda. Oh, rings so up good. Jennifer Lopez and is like, is this a good idea? Oh, my God. If you have Jane Fonda ringing you up and saying, babe, I don't know if this is the one, you know, <laughs> I think maybe it's time to reconsider. <laughs> and apparently Chloe Kardashian was asked to be in this film and she was like, I'm going to pass. Fucking so even hell. if one of the Kardashians is like, this is a bit cringe. Yeah, if they think you're using yourself as too much of a publicity stunt, <laughs> then that really is something. I mean, my favourite bit throughout was kind of Ben Affleck feeling like the only person in the world who could begrudge being married to J-Lo. <laughs> yeah. like, he's, a, he's a catch. He's a fucking good-looking dude. Like I would, I would trade looking like Ben Affleck and having his talent or whatever right now, but... It's like, come on, man. You're married to J-Lo and he just acts like he's like, oh, fucking her indoors. Yeah. At it again, making <laughs> a fucking documentary. Yeah, like, what a nightmare. Oh. I mean, Grant, how would you react, though, to a partner mining you for inspiration like this? Would you go down the Ben Affleck route, which is probably look just a bit dejected and have a fag on a balcony <laughs> somewhere? Or would you be furious about it? I, I'm sorry, if Jennifer Lopez was like, I'm so in love with you, I'm going to invest 20 million of my own money to brag about finally getting back together with you, I will be fine with yeah. it. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of today's Paper Cuts. If you liked it, remember to follow us on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Thank you very much to Zing. Thank you for having me. And thank you to Gronya. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, thanks to you to our listeners, especially the members of the Papercut Supporters Club, who also get a shout out on the show. It's a higher and we're so, so grateful to Stuart Frisbee. It's a low and thank you so much to Kerry Moore. And it's hi and mercy beaucoup to Rachel Began. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow Papercuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and a wildly appreciative review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Papercuts Show. Links are in the show notes. I've been Jacob Jarvis, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when The Guardian has shared the story of a Yorkshireman who called the police to report himself for drink driving. <laughs> he told officers he was over to limit. I, I'm, really, I'm really sorry to any of my family members from Sheffield or Hull who are listening to that. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Papercuts was written and presented by Podmasters Managing Editor Jacob Jarvis with Grania Maguire and Zing Singh. The producer was Liam Tate, and the audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams, socials by Mike Bollin, design by Jim Parrott, with original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh, and the group editor is Andrew Harrison. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs> <laughs>